No chance. Absolutely no chance that Max Verstappen finishes fifth or more. Oh, he is absolutely dominating. Let's hear from Luke Smith, senior Formula One rider for The Athletic. Morning, Luke. Probably afternoon to you, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing good, guys. How are you doing? Good morning. Good, thank you. Look, mate, Max Verstappen, dominant again, ruining it for the hometown heroes. Oh, Lando Norris, Louis Hamilton, just too dominant, mate. Yeah, too dominant. Like Max Verstappen is just in the absolute form of his life right now. And you combine that with this car that is just such a step ahead of the rest of the field. Mm. It's really, really incredible. Like we had a brief moment where we thought maybe there's going to be a fight. Lando Norris took the lead for the opening four laps. It was really, really exciting. But yeah, Max was able to just overtake him again. And from there, we kind of knew how it was going to play out. So no hometown hero, no homecoming for Lando <laughs> or for Lewis. But uh, yeah, what a performance again from Max Verstappen. He's just on another level right now to anyone else in Formula One. Well, Louis, Louis Hamilton, I was reading his comments, he was saying that it's actually closer than it probably looks. Obviously, changing regulations, changing salary cap, uh, the, the qualifying has been a hell of a lot closer. Is he right, or is he just way off the mark? Uh, he is right, if you exclude Max Verstappen from all of this. That's, that's the weird <laughs> thing about it. Like You look at Mercedes, Ferrari, Aston Martin, McLaren now as well, and they are all really, really evenly matched. And even Max Verstappen's teammate, Checo Perez, if he was on his own, then he'd actually be in that same kind of ballpark. And it would really make for quite an exciting season. Like, if you think yesterday's race, if, if that was for the win between Lando and Lewis in the closing stages, the British crowd would have been going absolutely bananas. But ultimately, mm. we've got this guy who is just so much better than everyone else right now. His car is so much better than everyone else, and he's just dominating. So, uh, yeah, Lewis is right, but that's without factoring Max Verstappen. <laughs> Look, one of the one of the I guess the iconic view, um, viewing for that um, that race is the crowd. Like, can you just take us through the experience? The hundred sixty thousand people there at Silverstone. Yeah, it is incredible. And I think it's always been very strong at Silverstone. You look back through even the 1990s, it was uh, Nigel Mansell, who was the home favourite, Mansell Mania. And then when Lewis Hamilton came onto the scene, everyone really got behind him. But I think what you've seen in recent years, it's Lando Norris, it's George Russell, it's Alex Albon as well. They're young, they're very engaged with younger fans. We've seen a lot of new fans come to F1 through Drive to Survive as well. And that's just really caused this whole British spirit to really swell and grow even more. Like, you, you drive into the track every day, and even from a couple of miles out, there's people already walking in um, wearing all kinds of team shirts and everything. And it's what I love about Silverstone is that there's fans for every single driver and every single team. Like, obviously, the Brits have got the, the main lion's share of the support, but you see people supporting, like, Max Verstappen. You see people supporting the Ferrari guys, even the backmarkers, like, uh, I don't know, like Williams and Haas and Alfa Romeo, they support everybody. So, uh, yeah, it is just a, such a, an amazing spirit. And mm. we could hear even from inside the media center when overtakes were happening, cause these huge cheers would go up from the grandstand. So, uh, yeah, it's an atmosphere like no other race. Well, I don't imagine there's any real contenders outside of Verstappen, but if we're sort of looking through the best of the rest, who would you say is generally the second best driver in Formula One at the moment? 
Oh, at the moment, that's that's very close. I think it, it really does depend from race to race. Like, I think you see a lot of drivers doing well one weekend and not so well the next weekend. But, uh, yeah, I think it's probably a close thing between Lewis Hamilton and Fernando Alonso right now. I think Lewis has been having a very quietly good season. He's not been winning mm. races or anything like that, which he's so used to doing through his successful career. But uh, he's been really performing well for Mercedes, even though that car isn't capable of fighting Red Bull. So I would I would probably say Lewis, but you look at Fernando Alonso, you look at Lando Norris as well, who's finally got a car that's looking quite good. Uh, Charles Leclerc as well for Ferrari. It's probably that group that I would say that are really standing out as being the, the best of the rest behind Max. So, uh, yeah, again, if you took Max out of the picture, it'd be a very, mm. very close title fight. But unfortunately, things don't work like that. Mate, Oscar um, Piastri is the closest uh, to a Kiwis. We're getting Formula One at the moment, racing for McLaren. He came so close to his first podium at Silverstone. Is he one of the few rookies that is really thriving in 2023? He is, yeah. Oscar is a fantastic driver. He did so well through Formula 2, Formula 3. He had to wait for his chance to get into F1. He spent last year not racing at all. And he's been, I would say, quietly impressive through the start of this season. Like, he's been definitely the best of the rookies this year. But he's not really had the car to let him fully show what he can do. Finally, at Silverstone, though, he got that. They put some new upgraded parts on the McLaren to make it quicker, solve a few of the car's problems. And uh, he absolutely flourished. Like, we saw that in qualifying. He was third, only a little fraction of a second behind Norris. And then in the race, he would have finished on the podium had it not been for a bit of bad luck with the safety car that let Hamilton jump ahead of him. So, uh, yeah, he's he's a real star for the future, I must say. And I think it's amazing to see this breakthrough he's made at Silverstone. It's the first of many. I don't think he's going to have to wait long for that first podium to come. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really, really cool to see a young talent really showing what they can do in F1. Well, how long do we have to wait till Liam Lawson or uh, Louis Sharps in the Formula One racing? Kiwis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's what you guys are going to be wanting. I mean, it's been what I think five years since Brendan Hartley was the last uh, last Kiwi mm. on the grid, and uh, yeah, I think with with Liam Lawson, I do think there is genuinely a, there's a chance of that happening. You look at um, Nick DeVries, the Alpha Tauri driver, which is Red Bull's sister team, and he's really been struggling. He's not had the kind of rookie mm. season that was expected of him, and uh, I think that if Red Bull did want to make a change, I know there's lots of noise around Daniel Ricciardo and. Would he want to come back? But realistically, that team is all about the next generation. It's about next uh, young drivers coming through. And Daniel Ricciardo just isn't a young driver. So if they wanted to stick to that mentality, I think Liam would 100% be at the front of the queue. Um, and uh, yeah, again, that would be a really cool story. I think he's he's really proven what he can do through all of the championships he's racing. He's doing really well in Japan at the moment. And uh, yeah, to get another Kiwi on the grid would be, I think, a really cool story. Oh, we're hoping. Uh, motorsport racing in New Zealand is thriving at the moment. I don't know if you know Shane Van Gisbergen, but he won over in the NASCAR. He's a supercar driver, and uh, he's doing great things. So we're, we're very proud of our drivers down under. But wind back the clock two years. Haas team principal Gutha Steiner said they were sacrificing the 2021 season to work on the car for 2022. Things started well for them, but they have nevertheless slumped down to third from last this, uh, to finish this season. 2023 rolls around and you're looking at them again going in the exact same position. We know we're fan favourites because I've watched Drive to Survive, but how long do you think Gunther, uh, Gunther Steiner has left in te as team principal of Team Haas? 
Uh, I think Inter's in a good spot, to be honest. I think that with Haas, you've got to remember it's such a small team. It is one of the, the, the smallest on the grid, and they are really punching above their weight anytime they're fighting up there in the points. And with F1 at the moment, it is this weird kind of mismatch between the teams that have got the money and the teams that haven't got the money. And I mean, we're talking, all of the teams are obviously very wealthy, but when mm. you're a Ferrari or a Mercedes and you've been got spending all this money on these amazing factories, even when you limit the amount of money that teams can spend each year, which is uh, a rule that's now in place in F1, it takes time for that kind of advantage to slowly ebb away. So I think with Haas, like they're in a they're in a funny spot where they're in this kind of Class B battle. I think it's really between them, Williams, Alfa Romeo, and Alfa Tauri, who's going to be from seventh to tenth in the championship. But I think with Gunter, like he's doing, I think he's he's doing a fine job there still. Like I don't think there's anything particular that he's done that the drivers have done even this season where you'd say oh that's why they are where they are and i think it's just going to take time so um yeah it's interesting to see where Haas is going but um yeah gunter of course a fan favorite netflix has made him an absolute superstar and uh <laughs> yeah i don't see that changing anytime soon look i'll ask you about the competitive um about that shortly but just going back to red bull and can do us a favor down here in new zealand put into context just how impressive it is for red bull to be undefeated this year and to win 11 races in a row uh yeah it's incredible as you touched on in the intro it's not been done since 1988 when mclaren won the first 11 races mm. in a row and uh, they go on to win 15 of 16 races that season and we've been talking really since the second or third race that, hey, Red Bull could do a perfect season. They could win every single race. And you look back through F1 history, Mercedes came close in 2016, I think. They won 19 out of 21 races that year. But no team has ever won every single race in a season. And to do that when we've got the longest season in F1 history, when you've got this close competition behind and also like the reliability of all the other cars as well is so, so good. It, it would be astonishing for it to happen, but it is also, I think just a mixture of that car being so, so quick and yeah, put it into context. I don't know. It's like saying to the, yeah, you put the all blacks out and you say, we're going to give you an extra two mm. players or something like that. Like you're obviously going to win every single time. So it's a, <laughs> it's a, a pretty incredible achievement that Red Bull have been doing. And I think that, it's going to take something special to stop them, but also to stop Max. Cause I mean, he's won mm. six races in a row. The F1 record is nine. And I really don't see anything out of the, unless it's something out of the norm that's going to stop him from breaking that record because he's on such a roll right now. Oh, well, where do you sit now on, on the competitive nature of formula one? Is it a bad look for F1 and do the fans seem to care that Red Bull are dominating? It's a bit like the Crusaders dominating super rugby down here. <laughs> Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I've got I've, I've got family in Christchurch actually, so they'll be okay with that, I think. But it's uh, yeah, it's um, it's uh, it's interesting. Like I think that fans are still flocking to F1. Like the TV figures are still very very good. Like it's still in good health. There's no sign of any big dip coming after mm. these sort of few years of the boom and the build that's been going up. And I think you look at things like the F1 movie that they're making and we're filming at Silverstone and uh, even the Las Vegas race coming this year. I think that's going to continue. But yeah, we definitely do see like even in reader comments and stuff like that, fans saying, oh, I don't want to see Max win every single week. And the issue is with other sports, like say you're a tennis fan and you don't really like Novak Djokovic. You can watch any other tennis match, like just don't watch his matches. But in F1, like those are the only F1 mm. races, like Max is going to be in every single one. So it's a, it's a funny issue that fans face. But, um, but yeah, I think that the storylines behind Max are so rich that even if people don't want to see him win every single week, then 
it's still going to be a good spot. I think they're still going to want to tune in and watch. So uh, yeah, I don't think it's worrying F1 too much uh, right now. Are you able to give us a lead in on this movie? Brad Pitt had his own pit lane at Silverstone and uh, what went on there? I know there was a bit of a fuss being made about Brad Pitt at, uh, at the Silverstone F1 Grand Prix. Yeah, there was a lot of fuss. Yeah, it's uh, it's really amazing what they're doing. So it's the same um, production team and, and writers that were on the Top Gun Maverick movie, and they kind of want to make that, but for Formula One. They've had Lewis Hamilton involved from the beginning. He's helping with the writing and everything, and they want to make it the most authentic racing movie there's ever been, which is really, really incredible. And the way they're doing that is literally filming the movie at the F1 races. And they've uh, done a lot of uh, research and recce's and stuff, and they've built uh, a Formula 2 car that they've then modified to look like an F1 car. Uh, Brad Pitt has been training to be a racing driver as well, which is incredible. They've obviously got stunt drivers as as well, but he's part of it. And uh, yeah, they want to make it within the F1 world. So they had uh, in the pit lane this weekend, you walk down there and it's got Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, Fernando Alonso, and then Sonny Hayes, which is the name of Brad Pitt's character. He's got his own pit box (laughs) and the mechanics are wearing the the, uh, overalls for the fictional team and stuff. And it is literally like having another team in the paddock. So uh, it's a real incredible Mm. level of detail they've gone to. Uh, They had film crews obviously on site. They're doing filming here and there. And it's even things like the, the starting grid, like they were doing some filming on the grid. And it's literally a live work environment. Like we're we're on there, we're doing our work, the, the cars and drivers are getting ready for the race. They're on there as well, but the movie producers had only one chance to get all those shots they needed because there's not another <laughs> starting grid for the British Grand Prix. So uh, yeah, mm. it's really incredible what they're doing. And I think it's gonna blow people away. And I think probably bring a lot more fans to F1. Like um, Zach Brown, the McLaren team boss, he said that when people watch Top Gun, they wanted to become pilots. So hopefully once we have uh, the F1 movie out, more and more people are like, hey, that looks really cool. I want to be a Formula One driver. Oh, beautiful, mate. I love Drive to Survive. I love Top Gun. I'm sure it's going to be an absolute doozy of a movie, mate. Luke, we appreciate you joining us for the show this morning, talking Formula One. You're a writer for The Athletic. We appreciate your time, mate. Thank you so much. No worries, guys. Have a great day. Cheers. Here he is, Luke Smith talking Formula One. I cannot wait for that movie, but what I cannot wait for is Kempi's Off the Back Fence. You're listening to Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, keeping you healthy this winter.